Hi, everybody. Y'all doing okay? Yeah, man. Y'all pray with me. Father, we do ask that uh, we play no games tonight. We do ask that we spend time with you. And Lord, as we see the lights across this stage and we see the lights that light the darkness in this room and we see that, Lord, may we be reminded of the fact that you sent Jesus to this earth to be light in a dark world. And consequently, Lord, as we look at the lights across this room, may we understand that Christ in us is the light that we get to bear in this world that we live in. And so, Lord, I pray that tonight that we will enjoy our time together, that we will be spurred on together to live this life that you've called us to live and to live in such a way, Lord, that we are shining the light of Jesus, the light of hope, the light of love in a world that really is trying to figure out what really matters most. And there's lots of people that are looking for an answer. And Lord, we have the answer. I pray, Lord, that we live with confidence. I pray, Lord, that we live with a steadfast love. And Lord, I pray that that steadfast love is you. And Lord, we just push you to the forefront of our lives. We love you. We praise your name tonight. We pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, everybody. Anybody wake up this morning and say, man, I hope my kids disrespect me today. No, right? Anybody say, man, I sure as heck hope my wife uh, says mean things to me today at some point. That would just really make my day. Or how about kiddos? Anybody wake up this morning and say, man, if my mom and dad could talk down to me and make me feel less than, wouldn't that be great? Anybody do that? No, we don't do that. We don't live that way. It's kind of an interesting thing, though. There is a hope, okay, that every good parent hopes for, and that is that their child will do great things. There is a hope that every child hopes for, and that is that their parent will be proud of them. There is a hope that every single spouse hopes for, and that is that their spouse looks at them and says, man, I'm so honored to be in relationship with you. I am better because we are together. That is what we hope for, to be a blessing. We hope that we get to not only be the receiving end of a blessing, but that our lives are genuinely a blessing to the people around us. You know, the first time I heard a friend of mine uh, pray these words, at first I thought it was a little bit weird. But the way he was praying, he he said, God, we want to bless you today. God, we bless you today. And live this life, and, and, and he was just describing this, this way of life where, you know, we regularly understand our relationship with God from the lens of God blesses us. And it's interesting to me whenever I'm listening to him pray and I'm thinking, wait a minute, does God need me to bless God? And the answer is no. God doesn't need me to bless God, doesn't need you to bless God. But man, just like every parent sure as heck longs for their children to be a blessing in their home, just as every spouse longs for their spouse to be a blessing, just as every person longs for their parents to be proud of them. Yes, we are to bless God with our lives. I mean, do I make God happy with the way I live my life? What a great question to ask ourselves. The way I live my life, do I make God happy? Do I bless God by the way that I live my life. I sure hope I do. I sure hope that I make God proud. Do you guys hope that you make God proud? Yeah. I hope that we 
Or at least I hope that we hope we make God proud and make God happy, that we genuinely bless God with our lives. You know, we've talked about this song before, and maybe you sang it as a kid, maybe you've never heard this song before, but it's the song, This Little Light of Mine. And it's just this really pretty cool, simple, simple song that reminds us that Jesus is the light of the world who came to this earth to show what matters most. And that is the way to relationship with God. He came to show us the way to an internal relationship with God, where hope is not situational. Hope is guaranteed. No matter what, this dark earth throws our way because our path is clearly lit to eternity. Our path is clearly lit to an eternal relationship with the, with the author of good Every good and perfect gift. And so there's just this little song. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for this little light of mine that I'm not going to hide under a bushel, that I'm going to let shine till Jesus comes. And especially in this Advent season, we're remembering, we're, just, we're anticipating the second coming of Jesus. Anybody pumped about Jesus coming again? My gosh, right? Please, God, send Jesus today because this earth is hard. And man, wouldn't it be great to be done with all of the crap of this world? Wouldn't it be great? Are you longing for heaven at that level where you're like, man, I'm good for today to be it. Let's just cash it in today, dude, and live eternity with the author of good forever and ever and ever where we don't have to, we don't have to be in this arena of life See, hope is not situational. Hope is guaranteed. It is a 100% guarantee for all who call on the name of the Lord, you are saved. You are saved from the stuff of this earth. Doesn't mean that it doesn't impact. Doesn't mean that it doesn't have a, a weight that is to bear. But this isn't, this isn't as good as it gets. And so there's hope. You know, in return, have you ever thought about what we do in return. You know, it's great that we get to be the receiving end of this hope and we get to live this life, right? But isn't it, you ever thought about how we're blessing God by letting our light shine? Because not everybody has the same promise. Not everybody has the same guarantee of eternity. And so may we bless God, giving our best to God by way of Jesus and by way of letting Jesus genuinely shine through us and let's make God proud. You know, much like the songs of, of a child singing this little light of mine, you know, to remember the truth of the gospel, we too have been going through the songs of Christmas and not the traditional songs of Christmas. We, last week we went through Mary's song. And as we're, we're working through this song of magnifying God and that our lives would be like a magnifying glass that give people a deep dive and an understanding, a close look at who God is. Tonight we get the privilege of going through Zachariah's song, which this is a song of praise, where Zachariah's praising God for the, for the fact that he gave, he and his wife Elizabeth, in a way that, the, that, that everything would say that they were not going to bear children, but here they are with John the Baptist inside of Elizabeth, and there is this song of praise because Zechariah is saying, man, God has decided that we get to be the bearer of this child who's going to pave the way for Jesus. What a blessing 
What an amazing blessing. And then from there, there's just this evaluation of, of it's not because he's a great dad that God is going to choose John. It's not that, it's not that he's going to do anything right as a father that's going to make it even more special, that John's going to do an even better job. But there's just this blessing and this praise that we have. You know, this, this evening, as we work our way through Zechariah's song to remember and perhaps understand this key truth, that Christ came to bring light to a dark and lost world. Here's the first question. Do you believe this world is a dark and lost world? Just in your mind, as you're thinking about it, do you believe that? Do you believe? I love the fact that you guys are responding to me in these questions. Thank you. Do you, do you believe that we live in a world that is, that is trying to find their way, but they're not quite sure which way to go? Yeah. And it's this darkness that even we, as Christ followers, sometimes struggle navigating, knowing where to go, how to do, and what we're going to do as we live life on this earth. Here's the thing. Christ came to bring light to a dark and lost world, and guess what? Consequently, Christ's followers are to bless God by bringing that very light to a dark and lost world. Did you know that's your job? This is your sole job on this earth. This is it. If you get anything else right, this is your job. Bless God by bringing Jesus, that very light, to a dark and lost world. The question is, how you doing? Do people see the goodness of Jesus in you? Do people experience that in their relationship with you? Are they better because they're in relationship with you? Because Christ is that hope that you possess, and they can't help but feel that hope because they've come in contact with Christ in you. How are we doing in this? Christ followers, we need to bless God. Let's make God happy. Let's bless God by bringing the very light to a dark and lost world. Now see, Mary's song, we knew this, we learned it this last week, it's called The Magnificent. All right, and so this evening, the song that Zechariah uh, sings has been called the Benedictus, which is Latin for blessing or for blessed. Okay, this is that Benedictus that, um, that Zechariah is singing. Now, just to make sure that we're all on the same page, Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, he's the wife of Elizabeth. So if you're unfamiliar with this story, Zechariah was one that when, when God came to him and said that, that they were, he and his wife were going to be pregnant. Well, see, they were later on in their years, and it was kind of understood that they weren't going to have kids anymore. It wasn't, wasn't possible. And they were probably on the outcast of society because of this, because it was kind of seen that they were maybe less than, which is a really sad place for them to be in, a really hard place for them to live. And, uh, and so whenever he questioned and didn't quite believe that John the Baptist was really going to be born of them, um, then God caused him to be mute. And so he couldn't talk. And so it's an interesting moment that took place. Um, and, uh, and so this, this, this angel Gabriel came and just, just made it where he couldn't, he couldn't speak anymore until a certain period of time. Now, let's read this song from Zechariah that is entitled The Benedictus. Luke chapter 1, verses 68 through 79. This is after He's actually able to say, he sings this song. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. 
He's raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he said through his holy prophets of long ago. Salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, my child, this is John, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun, we have this theme of light, will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. What a beautiful song. What a beautiful song of praise. Now this song is packed with Old Testament scripture, Old Testament themes. It is packed with these themes. You know why? Because in a season of life where the people of God hadn't heard from God in 400 years, nobody walking the planet had ever heard from God personally. Can you imagine? No one. Mary had been studying scripture. God shows up and gives her a calling in life, right? This amazing calling. Zechariah, too, clearly had been a student of the scriptures. And God the Father came in and with, with expectation chose Zechariah and Elizabeth for an incredible, incredible purpose. The people of Israel had been waiting for the Messiah. And Mary and Zechariah remained faithful. They are now among the first to hear directly from God. And here is Elizabeth, Zach's wife, carrying John the Baptist, who's going to prepare the way for Jesus to save the lost. And so Zechariah begins his song by blessing God, by praising God for visiting and for redeeming his people. Now, this is an interesting thing because he's talking as if it's already happened. Did you notice that? So as he's saying this, he's like, salvation has come. And so as he's singing this song, nobody of the people of Israel thought that Jesus had come to this earth. Nobody had thought salvation had come to them because they're still living in this state of nobody's hearing from God. But yet here's Zechariah saying, no, 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 no. Salvation has come. The power of God has come to this earth. And nobody in the people of Israel would have said, yeah, you know what? I feel that same way. But here's Zechariah and Elizabeth. Mary shows up at their house, and in that very moment, Elizabeth, John in her stomach, leaps because Jesus is near. Because Mary is pregnant with Jesus, Elizabeth is pregnant with John, and all of a sudden there's just this moment where it was clear. That hope that seemed lost, that, man, we've not heard from God in so long now, all of a sudden, in this home, there's something really special taking place. And they find themselves just in awe. And their response is praise. 
It's adoration. And Zechariah is now able to declare that God has indeed visited and God has indeed redeemed. And in verse 69, Zechariah refers to Christ as a horn of salvation. So here it is. He's raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he said through his holy prophets of long ago. Now this wording may have seemed odd to us, but it would not be odd to the first century. Those followers of the Lord, those, those people who had, who had heard these themes, it would, not, it would have been a very familiar language uh, to a Jew, and it was commonly used in Hebrew literature. So, so the idea is, is that this horn of salvation, the horn of a bull is powerful. It's incredibly powerful, and it's a representation of power. And this imagery declares that Christ would have the strength to deliver his people Israel. Now listen to what Christ is delivering his people from, verse, uh, in verse 71, salvation from our enemies, meaning Jesus has come to save people from their enemies. Now, there's not many of us in this room that have our life at risk on a daily basis. This was, this was the case here, where there were enemies that were ready to just wipe them completely out, and here we have Salvation from our enemies, from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember God's holy covenant, the oath he swore to Father Abraham to rescue from the hand of the enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear. This was an incredible freedom to be able to to serve Jesus, to be able to serve God, not Jesus, excuse me, to be able to serve God without any fear of retribution. And here we take that for granted in the world in which we live, specifically in the country in which we live. There is no risk of us losing our life because we love Jesus. There is no risk of us losing our life because we serve God the Father, his son Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. We don't have that. But here, this is a big deal. This is a major thing for them to say, I can serve God with no fear because God is so powerful and he's showing back up to be right here with us in holiness and righteousness. This has been a dream. This is a moment that they've been asking for for generations and Zechariah is now praising God for what God has done. Now, every parent wants their kids to do great things. We say phrases, you know, like the greatest contribution to this earth may not be something you do, but someone you raise. I mean, that's a, that's a meaningful phrase to us because we, we long for the next generation to far surpass anything that we've done in their faith and in their contribution to this world that points people to Jesus and builds the kingdom of God in ways that we never dreamed of building. And here is Zechariah doing the same thing. I mean, the thing is, is that no, no parent is, is, is doubting, okay? Nah, I doubt they're ever going to be very much. No. Even in the moment in which we doubt, isn't there hope? Even in the moment where you may kind of be thinking, I'm not sure what is going to happen with my kid because they're just kind of way off. Isn't there still hope? That's what we do. We still hope. Now, Zechariah 
breaks out in great rejoicing over the fact that it had been declared by God about what his son was going to do, and his child's going to do great things. And so he says these words, you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High. You will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. Because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. You see, Zechariah's confidence in his son is not based on the fact that he was going to be a dang good dad. He was going to be good enough. He was going to discipline well. He was going to make sure that everything was the way it was supposed to be. And he was going to raise him up in a way in which he was going to follow God and prepare the way for Jesus. No, this is not where the confidence comes from. It's based on a promise that was given to him before the angel struck Zach mute for his unbelief. Now here he is, he's most grateful that his child is going to be the one that's going to prepare the way for the Messiah, and he sings about this light in the darkness, because the one that John is to prepare the way for is Jesus, is Christ, and he's come to illuminate the way to eternity with God. Now, you've obviously walked into a dark room before, you know, if it, perhaps maybe at night, you've got to get up and you go to the restroom and by golly, something's changed in your room and you, you, you hit your pinky toe. You know what I mean? You know, or perhaps maybe you go in and you're, 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 you're walking into your child's room and heaven forbid there's a Lego. Because I promise you, if there's a Lego in the middle of the floor, you will step on that dang thing and it will cause immediate anger in your life or pain, right? It's hard to find our way in the darkness, isn't it? And a lot of times when we live life in the darkness, it results in pain, doesn't it? I mean, we can talk about seasons of our own lives where we're in the darkness and perhaps maybe we, weren't try, we were trying to find our way, but man, in those dark seasons, man, it was hard to find our way and it resulted in pain a lot, didn't it? It resulted in pain a whole lot, but, but we're still trying to find this way. I mean, the nation of Israel, this is exactly where they were. This is exactly how they've been feeling. They've been living in the dark for literally hundreds of years. And after all the captivities, battles, and especially all these years of God's silence because of their sin. Because they kept trying to find their way, but they just, kept, they just couldn't get out of their own way. So it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. They didn't know where they were going. And they didn't know how to get wherever they were hoping they would go. You got Mary and you got Zechariah, though, that are lights in the darkness here. They get to bring literally these, this light to those who were lost in darkness. And God has honored them. God honored them in their lives of faithfulness. And consequently, they get to bless God by fulfilling God's desires for them to let their light shine. John and Jesus. And now we got this this song that we get to enjoy this evening, this song of praise, and we get to enjoy this song where we see the next generation that's going to, to, to do their thing. And there's a pride, a healthy pride, of God's forgiveness and God's mercy and God's faithfulness. Now here's the question. How bright do you feel right now your light is shining? I mean, as you're sitting here this evening, you got, we're talking about Zechariah here. My guess is he hadn't heard from God, but he was doing everything he could to learn and to be close by reading Scripture and all that. Probably didn't feel like his light was shining that bright, you know? I mean, Jesus hadn't come yet, and so 
He's trying to figure out the way. But my guess is his life wasn't just perfect for him. And God chose him, though. And so as we sit here this evening, and I'm asking questions like, how, light is, how bright is your light really shining? I would, I would like to place out there that it doesn't require your light to be this massive flame in order to overcome the darkness. It doesn't require that. You know, there's a story of a family that was saved because of a little bitty light in a window. There's this mother that asked the grandmother, do you remember that night? And the grandmother's like, well, how could I forget that night? I'll never forget it because it happened um, whenever um, this little girl, Jeannie and her parents lived in an area called Florida Beach. It was a stretch of land along the east coast of Florida that had water on both sides of it. And when severe storms would come and the hurricane would come, high tides and high waves, the ocean would then wash over and would cover the narrow strip of land and their house would kind of be up on stilts there, right? It would cover the land. Well, one day there was this hurricane that came through and it passed through and it was really strong. The winds became so strong that the water, it, it, the, the waves were really high. And, uh, and so as they were watching the water swirl and it was getting higher and higher, they felt that they, their house was maybe going to collapse. They find themselves and they're afraid of it. And the little girl says, I wish daddy were home because the dad was gone at the time. She could remember thinking in her mind, you know, dad would know what to do in this moment. I'm sure the mom really appreciated that. But anyway, um, you know, so, so they finally decided to go ahead and go to their aunt's house. And uh, they were able to make it there by walking. Um, even though it was pretty dang dangerous to do that. They got soaking wet, they were cold, the wind was coming through, they were able to reach the uncle's house, and the four were glad to be together. But the problem is, is that the hurricane kept getting stronger and stronger, and in an unusual manner, they now were kind of worried about Uncle Jim's house. And so they found themselves, they're trying to figure out what to do, and they decide, you know what, we're going to try to make it to the mainland, because that's going to be where sure safety is. And so they, they go outside and they get in their car. And uh, this was before turn around, don't drown, right? And so they go outside and they get in their car and they're gonna, they're gonna try to make their way to the mainland. Well, then they get in their car and right before they get to the bridge to get to the mainland, they go off the road because they couldn't see the road anymore. And the road is, it, so their car goes off on the road, water begins to come inside their car. And as the water begins to come inside their car, they realize they're gonna have to get out of the car. And they're gonna have to walk to the mainland to try to make it there. Well, all of a sudden, they find themselves, and the water's just rushing. You know how powerful water is. It's just rushing at their feet, and they're scared. And then all of a sudden, they see this little light in a window, and there's a home. They've been walking. They're not quite sure where they're walking, but there's just this little light. They, they walk over to the home, and in the home is this family that welcomes them, and they find safety. They find security. They're able to find warmth. They're able to get dry, and everything was okay. Now, the thing is, is I tell this story not because there was this massive beam of light or something for them to, to show where they needed to go, but there was just this little candle in the window. And so the thing is, is that it doesn't matter how big the light is. No matter how small the light is, it'll still overcome the darkness. And so I tell this story that you may be sitting here this evening, you're kind of thinking, man, I, I don't know if I'm capable of shining the light of Jesus in this world in a way that actually is going to matter. John 8, 12, Jesus says these words. I am the light of the world. 
He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Our light doesn't have to be a big light. The light shining, even just a small light, looks bright when all around it is dark. And like Zechariah, if we let even a little of God's light shine in our lives, it will be bright in a dark and sinful world around us. And this blesses God. And it shows people the way. And so hear this word. If you don't hear anything else, just just hear this. You are on this earth to bless God. And so shine your light. Whatever amount of Jesus is in you, let it show. Let it shine and shine your light. And so the question really kind of comes down to, do you really believe that this world is dark? Do you really believe that there are people that are on this earth that are genuinely lost, that really have no idea where they're going? Because you really have to kind of get down to that, because if that's the case, then doesn't it make you want them to know where to go, to find safety and security and warmth and care and love and forgiveness? Doesn't it make you want to do that? Well, the next question really comes down to, does your life shine the light of hope? Does it shine a light of direction? When people are in a dark space, do they, do they come to you? Do they ask and talk with you about, man, what should I do in this? And you're kind of thinking, man, why are you asking me? Maybe it's your light that's shining. And they're seeing this. Are people coming? You find yourself studying the truth of Scripture? You find yourself looking for where God is at work? You find yourself meeting God where God is at work? Because that's what it comes down to. We as Christ followers are on this earth to bless God, to shine our light. That's our job. And that's what God longs for us to do. And no matter how great you think you are or how bad you think you are, the light of Jesus, when you let the light of Jesus shine through you, you bring hope to this world. And you bring goodness to this world. And you bring forgiveness. And you bring things that this world is longing for. And so church, will you let your light shine? Will you be ready with the answer for the hope that you have? Because not everybody lives on this earth with the same hope. There's a lot of people who will say their eternity is secure. That their eternity is not secure. A lot of people who claim to love God, but they are scared to death of dying. They are scared to death if Jesus was to return today, it would freak them plumb out. But Jesus is not scary. Jesus returning to this earth is a beautiful thing. It is a good thing. And we get the privilege of living in that reality where we are awaiting, we are hoping for Christ's return, and we are celebrating, we are praising God in anticipation for Christ's return. And and consequently, hopefully, that becomes contagious to the people that we get the privilege of living life with. You're on this earth to bless God and to shine the light. You know, this last week I was sent a video from a friend regarding shining the light inside the church. Because, you know, believe it or not, inside the church, sometimes we struggle being able to kind of 
shine that light. Sometimes we struggle seeing the light inside the church. And, uh, you know, our lights can kind of grow dim sometimes, can't they? They can grow dim. You guys watch this video for just a moment. And whoever's listening, if this was a gift for you, I hope it was because it was for me. Imagine going into church for a different purpose, no longer just to receive, but to go, okay, God, if you're the main character, it's not me. I'm not the main character. If I'm the main character of my life, then I walk in, of course, and everyone exists to serve me, including the church. But if we can make God the main character, which we know that he is, but if we can make him the main character, then we can walk into church and ask a different question, not who sees me, how can I leave early, how can I slip out, how can I be comfortable, me, 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 me. We can switch that to, okay, God, if you're the main character, okay. How would you use me as in your narrative? So who might you have me see? Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, that perspective switch from who sees me to who might you have me see, switching who the main character mm-hmm. is, what the point of church is, again, full circle with our conversation, it would switch and make every environment purposeful, and you would suddenly become a gift to that environment, even if the way that he's planning to use you is through your weakness. Maybe especially the way he's planning to use you is through your weakness. See, this is an important piece of the puzzle because I'm not sure how many of you see yourself as a blessing to whatever environment that you're in when it comes to this church. What I'd like for you to understand and really just to entertain is that you're a gift. You're a gift to this body. You're a gift to these people, to one another. And your presence is essential. We gotta just make sure that when we're present, we're not consuming what's happening. And just facing, and just basing whatever our satisfaction of the church is based upon our consumption. If we look at the church and we're kind of thinking, man, I just, I just don't really like this about that, or I don't really like this about that, I really like this, but I don't really like this. If that's, the, if that's your church experience, you're missing the whole thing. Because that's not church. Church is, man, we have Jesus in us. And when we enter into an environment, there is a precious presence of Christ that, in, that, that shows up because we're present. Not that you're God's gift to this church. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not talking, I don't want to feed selfishness, but I just want you to understand how important it is, your presence, your ministry of presence, because you bring hope. And when you look at the church and you see, God, who do you long for me to see today? Who do I get to bless today? Who do I get to let you flow through me to the people? Do you see how that changes things? It doesn't just change things in the church, though, does it? It changes things outside the church too because when we're at work or when we're at play or when we're wherever we are and we view things not through what am I gonna get today out of my job, but we view it through God, how do you wanna use me in my job today? How do you wanna bless my employer? How do you wanna bless my subordinates? How do you wanna bless my family? How do you wanna bless whatever? How do you wanna use me today? It changes everything, doesn't it? Would you please see yourself the way God sees you and see yourself as the fact that your presence makes a gigantic impact on this earth, not because you're so special, but because Christ in you is so special. And you have the ability to bring Christ into whatever environment you find yourself in in a way that only you can because nobody else has the same network you have. And so when we see ourselves by the presence of the church, we gather together, we're worshiping, and we see ourselves not because, well, you know what, I don't really like that song today. Sorry, Drew, pick a better one next week. You know, no, no, that's not church. That's consumerism. 
But when we show up and we're like, man, I get, to, I get to honor God, I get to bless his name by the songs that I sing, I get to bless the people that I'm in relationship with, whether it's in a, a legacy group or whether it's, it's in service or whether it's before service or after service or whatever the case may be, I get to bring this light into their life and I get to bless them because Christ is in me and I get to be together with the body. And then beyond that, I'm doing that everywhere I go. God, who do you want me to see today? Who do you want to use me to bring light and darkness into their lives? It changes the way we live our life. So my question is, in your life, is that you? Are you magnifying God like Mary was encouraging us through her song to do? Are you magnifying God to where people can see a close look at the goodness of God because you're in their life? Are you magnifying God? And are you praising God like Zachariah is saying because, because you have Christ in you? And just like Mary had Christ in her, just like Elizabeth had John the Baptist in her, there was literally a birth that was taking place to bless this world because of what was in them. We get the privilege of the same exact thing. Christ in us gives birth to hope. Christ in us impacts generations. Christ in us impacts people all over this world. Are we praising God through forgiveness and shining that little light that we have? It's Jesus that people are looking at us going, man, I don't deserve your forgiveness because I was a jerk to you. But yet we give forgiveness and they can't help but think better about themselves because they've been in relationship with us. This is who Jesus is. Perhaps maybe you're praising God or you're magnifying God through anonymous um, uh, provision. Maybe, maybe this is, have you ever thought about this before? You know, when you think about your dollars and your finances, you think about the way that this is navigated. Have you ever thought about the fact that all you have is God's? You probably have. But the question is, have you ever thought about this? All God has is yours? Do you see how that changes your generosity? You see how it changes things? Because God's economy is so different than ours. And when we view dollars in the fact that we get to be a light in a dark world, all that I have is God's and all that God has is mine. It changes my generosity. It changes that little light that gets to make an impact in other people's lives. Are you praising God by mastering the art of the prayer? I mean, when people are saying, hey, pray for me, will you pray for me? Do you take a moment right then and there and just pray for them? It's life-changing. When somebody says, hey, pray for me, most of the time people are going to respond, hey, praying for you, and they never do. But man, people are saying, would you pray for me? And you get that opportunity. That's a huge deal. Are you mastering that art of prayer in that moment? Somebody says, pray for me, and you go, you know what? Okay, let's pray. Let's pray together. Let's call on the name of the Lord. And we shine that light and we flicker that light right then and there in that moment. Taking time to pray for somebody who's going through a dark time. And then you continue. Continue praying alongside of them. Are you singing your song, church? Because you guys, you got a song. You've seen God change your life. And you've got this song. I mean, yeah, Mary's got a song. Zachariah's got a song. you got a song. And you've seen God do remarkable things in your life. Are you singing that song? And then when you're given an opportunity to give an answer for the hope that you have, are you giving that answer? Are you shining the light of Jesus into that moment? Are you telling the story of Jesus? How many people this Christmas season, how many people this Christmas season are going to be saved because of you? 
How many people? They are genuinely going to know the way to go because Jesus in you. The holiness of God, not because you're set apart in a way that you're something special. You are something special. Please understand that. But really, it's Christ in you. And as we interact with family and as we interact with friends and as we interact with coworkers and we talk about Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays and all these kinds of things and we talk about life here on this earth, who's going who's gonna to find the way because of Jesus in you? Who's going to find the way because of Jesus in me? Because, y'all, if we're genuinely longing for heaven and we're genuinely anticipating the return of Jesus... This is the Advent season where we are genuinely anticipating the return. There's a lot of people that are not going to spend eternity in heaven if Christ comes back today. There's a lot of people that are not going to spend eternity in heaven if Christ comes back in the new year. Unless we shine that light. Unless when they're in that dark... They see that little light shining bright in our lives, and they're drawn to that hope. This world that we live in is lost, and the world that we live in does not know the way home. And so my hope is, our hope is, this this whole scripture of Zechariah's song and Mary's song, the hope is that we would let our light shine, Jesus in order to show the way to the ideal father, to God, the one who really can make a difference and really can show the way. Father, we need you, and we are so thankful for the fact that you have changed our lives forever. Lord, you have chosen us to call on your name, and you long for us to be in relationship with you. And Lord, you sent Jesus to this earth to save our lives. And Lord, we don't deserve it. We are so thankful for it. What a blessing. Lord, will you help us make you proud? Because Lord, that's what we want to do. And so as we live on this earth, Lord, will you help us to see this world as so much more than work and money and play and pleasure and all these things. Will you help us to see this world the way you see this world? Lord, will you draw us to scripture? Will you fan the flame of faithfulness? And in those moments where where, where we may not be hearing your, your voice, may we draw near to you and lean in, trusting that in your faithfulness, You will show up in the right time. And we can be guaranteed of that. Lord, will you help us to trust the guarantee of heaven? And Lord, as we anticipate by your love throughout this season, Lord, may we long for heaven. May we long for life here on this earth and the hell on earth that this world is. May we long for paradise It far exceeds any vacation we ever can dream of having. Lord, will you help us to trust the guarantee of heaven? And Lord, will you help us to be the kind of people that those that don't know what to do in their dark times, they see our light shining to show the way to hope, to show the way to peace, and to show the way to salvation. Lord, we need you. We need you to keep saving us, And Lord, would you keep helping us know 
how to make you proud. We love you. We praise your name. I pray this through the name of Jesus. Amen.